Hello students. Today I am going to uh, give an audio lecture on biological classification. Since the dawn of civilization, there have been many attempts to classify living organisms. And it was done instinctively, not using criteria that were scientific but purely born out of need to use organisms for humans use that is like uh, for food and then shelter and then clothing but the greek scientist aristotle in hindi we call him arastu uh, was the earliest to attempt a more scientific basis for classification so what aristotle did was used simple morphological characters uh, something that you can view from outside in order to classify plants into trees shrubs and herbs so basically you can understand on the basis of height and certain other morphological features then he also divided animals into two groups primarily on the basis of the color of blood so he divided animals into two paths the first group had red blood the other had blood of different color simultaneously over time period there came scientist carolus linnaeus a two kingdom uh, system of classification was taken into account the two kingdom uh, were planty and animalia and basically planty uh, included all plants animalia included all animals and this system has been used till very recently but the major disadvantage with this two kingdom system of classification was that it did not distinguish between the eukaryotes and the prokaryotes then unicellular and uh, multicellular organisms and uh, photosynthetic organisms with non-photosynthetic organisms for example it plays both green algae and the fungi together so classification of organisms into plants and animals was easily done because they were easy to understand and distinguish so separation was quite easy but there were also large number of organisms uh, which could not be uh, uh, fallen to either of these categories so the two kingdom classification uh, was systematically scientifically found to be inadequate and a greater need was felt for including uh, uh, not only on the basis of cross morphology but also certain other characteristics like cell structure and uh, then nature of cell wall and then mode of nutrition and then habitat and then methods of reproduction and evolutionary relationship etc so these were certain other parameters which were included by recent scientists who wanted to work in the area of classification so classification systems for the living organism have undergone several changes over time and in due course of our lifetimes and in future also uh, as new organisms uh, are being discovered in unknown areas there are chances that classification systems will undergo uh, a major overhaul though plant and animal kingdoms have been a constant under all different systems the understanding of what groups or organisms have been included under these kingdoms have been changing so the number and nature of other kingdoms have also been understood differently by different scientists uh, over the time period so uh, 
there was this scientist called uh, R.H. Whittaker in 1969. He proposed a five kingdom classification. And the five kingdoms were Monera, Pratista, Fungi, Plenty, and Animalia. And the major uh, criteria for classification used by Whittaker included cell type, cell wall, nuclear membrane, body organization, mode of nutrition, reproduction, and phylogenetic relationship. So, uh, let me briefly describe you the characteristics of the five kingdoms. So, uh, when we talk about cell types, for the kingdom Monera, all the prokaryotes were put into monerates. Then, Pratista was eukaryotic, fungi was eukaryotic, planty eukaryotic, animalia eukaryotic. So, on the basis of cell type, whether a particular organism is a prokaryote or eukaryote, we find that Whittaker put all the prokaryotes into Kingdom Monera and eukaryotes had been extended to four kingdoms of Pratista, Fungi, Planty and Animalia. Similarly, when we talk about the cell wall of Monera, it was found to be cellulosic, means polysaccharide plus amino acids, so you know there are uh, cell wall is made up of uh, N-acetylmuramic acid and then N-acetylglucosamine. So, uh, in Protista, cell wall is uh, present in some and in fungi, it is present without cellulose and uh, the basically fungal uh, cell wall is made up of chitin. And uh, in planty, uh, we have cellulosic cell wall, but cell wall is absent in animalium. As far as nuclear membrane is concerned, since monerans are prokaryotic organisms, so obviously uh, nuclear membrane will be absent in these, but uh, it will be present in uh, protista, fungi, plenty, and animalia as these four kingdoms contain eukaryotic organisms. As far as uh, body organization is concerned, monerans were cellular, protista was cellular, fungi were multicellular and contained loose tissue, then planty has tissue and organ type, and then animalia contain tissue, organ or organ system type. As far as mode of nutrition, which was one of the most important criteria taken into account, monerans consisted of autotrophic. Now, this autotrophic uh, men included both the chemosynthetic organisms and photosynthetic microbes and also monerans include heterotrophic mode of nutrition which could be saprophytic and parasitic mode protista was autotrophic so photosynthetic basically and it also included heterotrophic fungi uh, could not uh, prepare its own food so they are basically saprophytic uh, and uh, mode of nutrition included saprophytic and parasitic uh, plenty, they are basically photosynthetically autotrophic in nature and animalia contained organisms uh, which are heterotrophs uh, showing holozoic and saprophytic mode of nutrition. So when we look at the five kingdom classification uh, we come to an understanding that the earlier classification systems included bacteria, blue-green algae, fungi, mosses, ferns, gymnosperms and the angiosperms under plants. And the character that unifies this whole kingdom was that all the organisms included had a cell wall in their cells. So this placed together groups which were widely different other characteristics and it brought together the prokaryotic bacteria and the blue-green algae with other groups which were eukaryotic in nature.
So it also grouped together the unicellular organisms and the multicellular ones. For example, Chlamydomonas and the Spirogyra were placed together under algae. So we see that classification did not differentiate between the heterotrophic growth fungi and the autotrophic green plants. But we know that both these uh, types, fungi and green plants, show a characteristic difference in their cell wall composition. Fungus have chitin in their cell walls, green plants uh, have cellulose. So when such characteristics were considered, fungi were allotted a separate kingdom uh, as kingdom fungi. All prokaryotic organisms were put together under kingdom Monera and the unicellular eukaryotes were placed in the kingdom Protista. So kingdom Protista has brought together Chlamydomonas, Chlorella, which were earlier placed in algae within plants and both having cell walls with paramecium and amoeba which were earlier placed in animal kingdom which lacked cell wall so we can see that it has put together organisms which were placed in different kingdoms so as the criteria for classification changed with tiger brought into these five kingdoms and uh, such changes will take place in future as more and more improvements uh, of understanding of characteristics and evolutionary relationship uh, come to our view so over time an attempt has been made to evolve a classification system which reflects not only you can say the morphological physiological and reproductive similarities but the more focus is now shifted to phylogenetic or understanding of evolutionary relationship between the organisms so one by one i am going to uh, go through uh, these five kingdoms the first let's talk about kingdom monera so bacteria they are the sole members of kingdom monera and they are abundant microorganisms it means bacteria they occur almost everywhere hundreds of bacteria are present in a handful of soil they live in extreme habitats such as uh, hot springs deserts snow and deep oceans where very few other life forms can survive so many of them live in or on other organisms as parasites so they can live inside as endoparasite and they can live on other organisms as ectoparasites so on the basis of shape we can uh, divide bacteria into four types uh, cocci which are spherical in shape then bacillus which is rod shape then vibrium which is comma shape and uh, spirulum which is a spiral shape now here one important question arises is given example of vibrium uh, so vibrium cholerae uh, is one example which causes cholera so they might just ask you about cholera causing organisms belonging to vibrium uh, shape types so though the bacterial structure is very simple they are found to be exceptionally complex in behavior and compared to many other organisms bacteria as a group they show the most extensive metabolic diversity now this is again a very important question which can be asked bacteria as a group show the most extensive metabolic diversity some of the bacteria are autotrophic means they can synthesize their own food from inorganic substrate they can be photosynthetic autotrophic or chemosynthetic autotrophic but the vast majority are heterotrophic means they cannot synthesize their own food and depend on other organisms or on dead organic matter for food and survival 
now next we move on to uh, archive bacteria so there are bacteria uh, which can live in some of the most harshest habitats such as extremely salty areas uh, and they are known as halophiles means salt lovers hot springs and they are called thermoacidophiles and marshy areas which are called methanogens means methane gas producers as far as differences between archaebacteria and other bacteria is concerned the difference lies in their uh, cell wall structure and this feature is responsible for their survival in extreme conditions so uh, methanogens they are present in the gut of several ruminant animals such as cows buffaloes and they're responsible for the production of methane biogas from the dung of these animals uh, next we move on to uh, the next type which is the u bacteria which is also referred to as the true bacteria they are characterized by the presence of rigid cell wall and if they are motile then uh, the flagellum needs to be present the cyanobacteria or blue green algae have chlorophyll a which is similar to those found in green plants and these blue green algae are photosynthetic autotrophic in nature the cyanobacteria are unicellular can be colonial or filamentous freshwater marine or terrestrial algae the colonies are generally surrounded by gelatinous sheath so they often form blooms in polluted water bodies so uh, some of the environmental nuisance is caused by uh, cyanobacterium so uh, some of these organisms can fix atmospheric nitrogen in specialized cells called heterocysts for example nostoc and uh, anabina uh, chemosynthetic autotrophic bacteria they can oxidize various inorganic substrates such as nitrites nitrites and ammonia and use the released uh, energy for atp production so we can say that um, they play a great role in recycling nutrients like nitrogen phosphorus iron and sulfur so the heterotrophic bacteria are the most abundant in nature and majority of heterotrophs they act as uh, decomposers many of them have a significant impact on human affairs they are helpful in making curd from milk production of antibiotics uh, fixing nitrogen in legume uh, roots etc so some are pathogens which cause uh, extensive damage to human beings crops farm animals and pets and some of the well-known diseases uh, that we come across are cholera typhoid tetanus citrus canker so as far as reproduction is concerned uh, binary fission remains a primary mode but under unfavorable conditions they produce spores so they also reproduce by a sort of sexual reproduction by adopting a primitive type of dna transfer from one bacterium to the other so uh, there are basically three types of dna transfer so uh, uh, that is dealt in higher classes so uh, transformation conjugation and transduction so we will be dealing that in uh, some other classes and mycoplasma is a special type of organism that completely lack a cell wall so they are the smallest living cells known they can survive without oxygen and uh, many mycoplasma are pathogenic in plants and animals so basically more important questions comprise of uh, uh, like uh, which groups uh, of bacteria produces pores so uh, 
pseudomonas and bacillus that is one question they ask and then mycoplasma uh, which can survive without oxygen now next we move on to the next kingdom which is protistum so protista includes uh, all single-celled eukaryotes uh, but the boundaries of this kingdom are not well defined so what may look like a photosynthetic protistin to one biologist may be a plant to another uh, here we will be dealing with chrysophytes, dinoflagellates, euglenoids, slime molds and protozoans. so members are basically primarily aquatic and this kingdom forms a link with others dealing with plants, animals and fungi so being eukaryotes the protestant cell body contains a well-defined nucleus and other membrane bound organelles some have flagella or cilia protists can reproduce both sexually and asexually uh, so sexually by a process of cell fusion and zygote formation now uh, various groups so we will be dealing with uh, group one by one so first one is chrysophytes which include diatoms and golden algae which is also called desmids so these chrysophytes are found in freshwater as well as marine environments they're microscopic they float passively in water currents and are referred to as planktons so most of them are photosynthetic in nature in diatoms the cell walls form two thin overlapping shells which fit together as in a soap box the walls are embedded with silica and thus the walls are indestructible thus diatoms have left behind large amount of cell wall deposits in their habitat and their accumulation over millions and billions of years is referred to as diatomaceous earth so being gritty this soil is used in polishing filtration of oils and syrups so we can say that diatoms are uh, of good utility primarily as chief producers in the oceans then we move on to the next group which is dinoflagellates which are mostly marine and photosynthetic they can be yellow green brown blue red depending upon the main pigments which are present in their cells the cell wall has a stiff cellulose plates on the outer surface most of them have two flagella and uh, one of these flagella lies longitudinally and the other flagella lies traversely in a furrow between the wall plates and very often red dinoflagellates uh, like gonia ulux they undergo such rapid multiplication that they make the entire sea region appear red so this is called red tide so remember red tide is a very important question and it is caused by gonia ulux also these uh, release a large amount of toxins which can prove very uh, dangerous for marine animals such as fishes next we move on to the third group which is uh, euglenoids majority of these euglenoids are freshwater organisms found in stagnant water and instead of a cell wall the euglenoids have a protein rich layer called pellicle which makes the body flexible euglenoids have two flagella a short flagella and a long flagella they are photosynthetic in the presence of sunlight uh, but when there is no sunlight when they are deprived of sunlight they behave like heterotrophs by predating on some other organisms smaller organisms so we can say that, that they have got uh, a dual mode of action in sunlight they are phototrophic in uh, absence of sunlight they behave as heterotrophic so interestingly the pigments of euglenoids are identical to those present in higher plants and uh, euglena belongs to euglenoids next we move on to slime molds slime molds are saprophytic uh, protists the body moves along decaying twigs and leaves engulfing organic matter that come their way and under suitable conditions slime molds form an aggregation called plasmodium which grows and spreads over several feet 
and under unfavorable conditions the plasmodium differentiates and forms fruiting bodies bearing spores at the tips the spores possess true walls and these are extremely resistant and can survive for many years under adverse conditions and uh, when they are dispersed by air currents and when favorable conditions come they will germinate to give rise to a new organism next we move on to protozoans which are heterotrophs and live as predators or parasites they are believed to be primitive relatives of animals and again protozoans are subdivided into four types like amoeboid protozoans which live in fresh water sea water moist soil they move and capture their prey by putting out pseudopodia which is a kind of false feet as seen in amoeba marine forms have silica shells on their surface and some of them like entamoeba histolytica are parasites causing amoebic dysentery the second type is flagellated protozoans uh, which uh, are either free living or parasitic they have flagella that's why they are flagellated protozoans the parasitic forms cause diseases such as sleeping sickness an example is trypanosoma gambiens trypanosoma cruzi the third subtype is ciliated protozoans which are aquatic actively moving organisms because of the presence of thousands of cilia they have a cavity a gullet that opens to the outside of the cell surface and the coordinated movement of rows of cilia causes the water laden with food to be steered into the gullet and one example is paramecium the fourth subtype is protozoans which includes diverse organisms that have an infectious spore like stage in their life cycle and the most famous one is plasmodium which is malaria parasite causes malaria uh, a disease that has a staggering effect on human population the third uh, kingdom uh, that we will discuss as kingdom fungi so the fungi constitute a unique kingdom of heterotrophic organisms they show a great diversity in morphology and habitat you can find these fungi growing on your uh, uh, fruits and uh, bread uh, the mushrooms that you eat the toadstool they're all fungus you have seen white spots and mustard leaves that is also parasitic fungus then the unicellular fungus like yeast are used to make bread and beer other fungi causes diseases like wheat rust causing paxinia graministerticae is one example some other source of antibiotics like penicillium notatum so uh, we can say that fungi are cosmopolitan occur everywhere in air water soil animals plants they prefer to grow in warm and humid places and that's why we keep food in the refrigerator because it prevents food from going bad due to bacterial and fungal infections so with the exceptions of yeasts which are unicellular fungus fungi are filamentous so the bodies consist of long slender thread-like structures called hypha and uh, the hyphal network is known as mycelium some hyphae are continuous tubes filled with multinucleated cytoplasm which are called sinocytic hyphae the others have septi or cross walls in their hyphae the cell walls of fungi are composed of chitin and polysaccharides most fungi happen to be heterotrophic and they absorb soluble organic matter from dead substrates and are called saprophytic in nature those that depend on living plants and animals are called parasites they can also live as symbionts in association with algae as lichens and with roots of our plants as mycorrhizae coming to reproduction in fungi it can take place by vegetative means like fragmentation fission and budding uh, 
asexual uh, reproduction is by spores called conidia or sporangiospores or juice spores and sexual reproduction is by oospores ascospores and basidiospores the various spores are produced in distinct structures called fruiting bodies the sexual cycle involves the three steps fusion of protoplasm between two motile or non-motile gametes called plasmogamy then after plasmogamy karyogamy occurs where fusion of two nuclei happens and then finally meiosis and zygote results in formation of haploid spores so when a fungus reproduces sexually two haploid fun hyphae of compatible mating types come together and fuse so compatibility is very important here in some fungi the fusion of two haploid cells immediately result in diploid cells to end however in other fungi like ascomycetes and basidiomycetes there is a dikaryotic stage where two nuclei per cell occurs so the condition is n plus n so such a condition is called a dikaryon and the phase is called dikaryophase in fungus later the parental nuclei fuse and the cells become diploid the fungi form fruiting bodies in which reduction division occurs leading to formation of haploid spores so the morphology of the mycelium mode of spore formation and fruiting bodies form the basis for the division of kingdom into various classes so the first class is phycomycetes uh, which are found in aquatic habitats and on decaying wooden moist and damp places as obligate parasites on plants mycelium is aseptate and cenocytic asexual reproduction is by juice spores uh, that is motile or by aplanospores which is not motile then these spores are endogenously produced in sporangium a zygospore is formed by fusion of two gametes these gametes are similar in morphology so they are isogamous if dissimilar then anisogamous or oogamous some of the examples are mucor and rhizopus rhizopus is the bread mold and then there is alpuca candida which is the parasitic fungi on mustard the second class is ascomycetes which is called sac fungi uh, they are mostly multicellular for example penicillium and rarely unicellular like yeast or saccharomyces cerevisiae ascomycetes are saprophytic decomposers parasitic coprophilus coprophilus means growing on dung so mycelium is branched and uh, septate the asexual spores are conidia produced exogenously on the special mycelium called conidiophores conidia on germination produce mycelium sexual spores are called ascospores which are produced endogenously in sac like ascii so these ascii are arranged in different types of fruiting bodies called ascocarps some examples are aspergillus claviceps purpurea neurospora crassa and one important thing here is to mention that neurospora crassa is used extensively in biochemical and genetic work and there are also many members like morels and buffels which are edible and are considered as delicacies uh, the next class is basidiomycetes which include mushrooms and bracket fungi and puffballs they grow in soil logs trees stumps living plant bodies as parasites as rusts and smuts the mycelium is branched and septate asexual spores are generally not found but vegetative reproduction by fragmentation is quite common sex organs are absent but plasmogamy is brought about by fusion of two vegetative or somatic cells of different strains or genotypes the resultant structure is dikaryotic which ultimately give rise to basidium karyogamy in meiosis take place in the basidium forming four basidiospores 
The basidiospores are exogenously produced on the basidium. The basidia are arranged in floating bodies called basidiocarps. And some of the common members that you should remember is Agariscus campestris, which is mushroom, Ustilago, Smut, and Paxenia, which is raspangus. Then the next class is Deuteromycetes, which are commonly referred to as imperfect fungi because only the asexual or vegetative phase is known in these fungi. Sexual phase is unknown. When the sexual forms of these fungi were discovered, they were moved into classes they rightly belonged to. So it is quite possible that the asexual and vegetative phase have been given one name and placed under Deuteromycetes and sexual stage another and placed under another class. Later when the linkages were established, the fungi were correctly identified and moved out of Deuteromycetes. Once perfect sexual stages of members of Deuteromycetes were discovered, they were often moved to Ascomycetes and Basidiomycetes. The Deuteromycetes reproduce only by asexual spores known as Conidia. The mycelium is septate and branched. Some members are saprophytes or parasites, while a large number of them are decomposers of litter and help in mineral recycling. Some examples are Alternaria solani, Collectotrichum falcatum, Trichoderma. Next, we move on to the next kingdom, Planty. So, uh, kingdom Planty includes all eukaryotic chlorophyll containing organisms called plants. Few members are partially heterotrophic, such as insectivorous plants or parasites, uh, like uh, bladderwort, Venus flytrap. They are examples of insectivorous plants. Uh, so they are they feed on insects primarily to meet the nitrogen requirements because they grow in nitrogen deficient soils. Cascuta is a parasite. The plant cells have an eukaryotic structure with prominent chloroplasts, and cell wall is mainly made up of cellulose so planty includes algae bryophytes steroidophytes gymnosperms and angiosperms important point about life cycle of plants have two distinct phases the diploid sporophytic phase and the haploid cabotophytic phase which alternate with each other and the lens of these haploid and diploid phases and whether these phases are free living or dependent on others vary among different groups in plants and this phenomena of alternation uh, of uh, diploid sporophytic and haploid gametophytic is referred to as alternation of generations. So we will be discussing Kingdom Planty in detail sometime later in some other podcast episode. So next is Kingdom Animalia, which is characterized by heterotrophic eukaryotic organisms which are multicellular and their cells lack cell walls. They directly or indirectly depend on plants for food. They digest their food in an internal cavity and store food reserves as glycogen or fat. Mode of nutrition is holozoic. Holozoic means by ingestion of food. They follow a definite growth pattern, grow into adults, have a definite shape and size. Higher forms show elaborate sensory and neuromotor mechanism. Most of them are capable of locomotion. And the sexual reproduction is by copulation of male and female followed by embryological development. So we will be discussing this separately in some other podcast episode. Uh, next important uh, topic is viruses. So in the five kingdom classification of attacker, there is no mention of acellular organisms like viruses, viroids, lichens and virusoids. So these are briefly introduced uh, uh, as we can say that we suffer from common cold or flu. Uh, these are the days of coronaviruses so that is also a virus so even if we do not associate with conditions but today we have a condition where we associate with viruses so viruses did not find a place in classification because they are not truly living so 
outside the host they are non living inside the host they hijack the machinery of the host and they act as living so uh, truly living means having basically a cellular structure so these are uh, acellular organisms so they cannot be uh, said as truly living so viruses are non cellular organisms that are characterized by having an inert crystalline structure outside the living cell but once they infect the cell that take over the machinery of the host cell replicate themselves killing the host so we can say that viruses are at the bridge of living and non living and um, uh, for example we can say that bacteriophages and tobacco mosaic viruses so going back to the history of viruses the virus word means poison poisonous fluid or venom and uh, this term was given by pasteur uh, Ivanovsky in 1892 recognized certain microbes as causal organisms of tobacco mosaic disease. So these were found to be smaller organisms than bacteria because they passed through the bacteria-proof filters. Bijorink in 1898 demonstrated that the extract of these infected plants of tobacco could cause infection in newer, healthier plants, and he eventually called the fluid as contagium vivum fluidum, which means infectious living fluid. Then in Stanley 1935 showed that viruses could be crystallized and crystals consist largely of proteins so they are inert outside their specific host cell so we can say that viruses act as obligate parasites so they need a host to survive when you look at the bacteriophage structure you find that there is a head which got the genetic material then there is the collar section the neck region and there there is the sheath which forms the body then there is a the tail plate and the tail fibers with the help of which it attaches to the host so in addition to proteins viruses also contain genetic material such as uh, rna or dna but it never contains both so virus is basically a nucleoprotein genetic material whether it is rna or dna is infectious in nature so in general viruses that infect plants have single stranded rna and viruses that infect animals have single or double stranded rna or double stranded dna and there is another group called bacterial viruses or bacteriophages these are viruses which infect and kill bacteria so these bacteriophages have usually double stranded dna viruses so the protein coat is called capsid which is made up of small subunit called capsomeres it protects the nucleic acid these capsomeres are arranged in helical or polyhedral geometric forms viruses cause diseases like mumps smallpox herpes and influenza aids in humans is also caused by a uh, uh, human immunodeficiency virus in plants the symptoms can be mosaic formation leaf rolling curling yellowing vein clearing dwarfing and stunted growth the another type of acellular organism is viroids in 1971 to diner discovered new infectious agent that was smaller than uh, viruses and caused potato spindle tuber disease so it was found to be free rna it lacked the protein coat that is found in viruses hence the name viroid and the rna of viroid was of low molecular weight then uh, prosiner discovered prions and um, these prions uh, were eventually found to be associated with many diseases like kuru disease then mad cow disease then kruitzfeld jacobs disease so basically they caused neurological disorders and then uh, there were also another uh, 
class of acellular organisms called virusoids which are also uh, contained uh, RNA as the genetic material then we talk about lichens so lichens they are symbiotic associations mutually useful associations between algae and fungi the algal component is known as phycobiont fungal component is known as mycobiont which autotrophic in heterotrophic respectively so phycobiont uh, is autotrophic fungal component mycobiont is heterotrophic so since they are mutually beneficial to each other algae prepares the food for fungi and fungi provides shelter and absorbs mineral water nutrients for its fungal partner so we can say that their association is so close that if one saw a lichen in nature one would never imagine that there were two different organisms within them so relationship is evolutionary so close one very important thing about lichens is that they're very good pollution indicators means they do not grow in polluted areas especially sulfur dioxide uh, pollution so if i were to summarize this entire thing i will say uh, See biological classification of plants and animals was first proposed on the basis of simple morphological characters. Linnaeus, Carolus Linnaeus, later classified all living organisms into two kingdoms, Plantae and Animalia. Whittaker proposed an elaborate five kingdom classification, Monera, Protista, Fungi, Plantae and Animalia. The main criteria of the five kingdom classification was cell structure, body organization, mode of nutrition, reproduction, and phylogenetic relationships. In Whittaker's Five Kingdom classification, bacteria included in Kingdom Monera, bacteria cosmopolitan distribution. These organisms show the most extensive metabolic diversity. Bacteria may be autotrophic or heterotrophic in their mode of nutrition. Kingdom Protista includes all single-cell eukaryotes such as chrysophytes, dinoflagellates, euglenoids, slime molds, and protozoans. Protists have defined nucleus and other membrane-bound organelles. They reproduce both asexually and sexually. Members of Kingdom Fungi show a great diversity in structures and habitat. Most fungi are prophetic in the mode of nutrition. They show asexual and sexual reproduction. Phycomycetes, Ascomycetes, Basidiomycetes, Deuteromycetes are the four classes under this fung fungi kingdom. The plant includes all eukaryotic chlorophyll containing organisms, algae, uh, bryophytes, pteridophytes, gymnosperms, and angiosperms are included in this group. The life cycle of plants exhibit alternation of generation, gametophytic and sporophytic generations. The heterotrophic eukaryotic multicellular organisms lacking a cell wall including kingdom animalia. The mode of nutrition of these animals is holozoic. So they reproduce mostly by sexual mode. Some acellular organisms like viruses, viroids, prions, virusoids, as well as lichens are not included in the five kingdom system of classification so uh, this is a nutshell uh, about the biological classification hope uh, this podcast lecture audio lecture helps you in quick revision of this uh, chapter biological classification all this while you were listening to the host sanjeev kumar who happens to be the founder of compete 12 thank you